Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. We are back. Man, that chair feels yes. nice tonight. Woo. Busy week. I think it's yeah. It's a, oh. scary outside though. Yeah, I think it's all that. There's a, all that fighting we've been having in battlegrounds this past week. Yeah, that and the howling. Oh, right. Yep. Her scenes in the end. I know. All I've heard in the last like three hours since we got here is how. I don't want to go outside. It's a little creepy. I'm kind of creeped yeah. out. Yeah. Hold me, baby. No? Halo? Legendary what can I give you, no? boys? Okay. All, right. Uh, all right. So um, I'm going to order a Blackwood Mint Chai, please, for me. Thank you so much. And when in Camlorn, which is where we're at, you will order Camlorn Sweet Brown Ale. Thank you, my dear. Coming right up. Mm, that sounds yummy. Okay, man, busy week. What have you been up to, dude? Episode 16, what have you been doing? I, believe it or not, this might sound crazy to pretty much everybody, if you know the show and you know me, I have completely gotten sidetracked from PvE because I am now a battleground hound. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, me too. It all started with my uh, very short quest for Caltrops on my new warden. Mm -hmm. And I have found myself falling in love with the battlegrounds. And I think I sucked you in. And I may or may may not have sucked in three or four other people. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Okay, where do we start? Yeah, we uh, have a we've created I would say a battleground team, but it's more than four. Like just whoever's in there, we we just go, we queue up, and uh, I it's been awesome. It's so fun. It's so much fun. I don't feel bad about it. I, like not at all. Oh, it's so much fun. Like I, uh huh. I've totally just kind of. I mean, I've been in Somerset, but I'll be honest, man. I've spent <laughs> most of my game time this whole week just running. Dolmens on this, on this new alt. I started a. Uh, I went for the first time, made a stam. Um, you and I both run the same build, of course. Uh, stam warden with the two hander and the uh, sword and board, and uh, so I'm doing dolmens. I'm not doing dolmens. I'm running PvP. It is so much fun. Yes, it's been a warden week and a half for me, pretty much. I um, I got my Khajiit Warden, who I originally had as a dual wield and bow setup. I got him all the way to 50, and then right before I hit 50 on him, I switched him to Bow Bow. And that is an incredibly fun build. I kind of poo-pooed it at first, like, eh, I don't know if that'd be too fun. Mm-hmm. But I have so many great skills as a Warden to begin with. That moving him to Bobo allowed me to have, obviously, Bobo 
is a bow on the front bar and a bow on the back bar. And then I kind of mixed and matched the rest of the skills. Most of them are warden skills. And there's a couple PvP skills in there some uh, from the assault line. Right. I'm having a blast yeah. on that character. He is putting out some incredible damage and is just really fun to play at range and up close. So I've been playing a lot of PvP on him. And then for kind of the new little impromptu group that we started up doing Battlegrounds, I rolled another warden, a red guard warden. Mm -hmm. And now I'm rocking the sword and board and the two-hander on him. Yeah. Another very fun build. Yeah, man. So I think my point for the week is that I am experiencing a side of ESO that I have not experienced before but opened myself up to. And now others are seeing how incredibly addicting the queue can be because it's really quick queues for the most part. And it's just like one after the other. And then you you pop in there and you have a good time. You get really cool rewards out of PvP and Battlegrounds. And some awesome titles. So who doesn't want to play? It's really fun. It's so fun. Dude, I have gotten... For the past two to three days, I've gotten um, the Fanglayer or the Dragon. Uh, what is it? What's the name of it? I forget the name. Scale Caller. I've been getting those motifs for my daily for the past three days. It is so much fun. And then we're getting titles. It feels so good, man. I know we're going to talk about some more Battleground stuff later, but man, like I picked up. Today I was so I was struggling with the with the bow build at first in PvP because I found that you know it's it's very dot based and I think you and I kind of talked about that where you know um, we kind of I was wanting something a little more with instant damage and the two hander right now is really kind of seeing a surge back in PvP from what I I'm seeing from what I'm just from just now really coming into PvP and ESO for the first time um, but man I picked up it's called critical charge today and it like changed the two-hander build for me right now like it's become so much so incredibly fun it's like intercede for star wars Old Republic players basically you smash the butt you smash critical charge and you will lunge you will run and just fly through the air across the map towards an enemy and you just go to work it is so <laughs> incredibly fun I like it. I like, it. and I don't want to. I don't want to like skew anybody here who thinks that we immediately went into PvP and just started wrecking face because that is absolutely not oh my how gosh. it went. I'm so learning still. Yeah, I I have really been humbled about the skill level and how these PvP builds work. So it's been a week of research. Yeah, it's been a week of doing a battleground and then switching a skill or two out. And then popping back in to do some more, I'm learning a bunch about the class itself. Oh yeah, in Agreed. PvP. So I mean, trust me, I am getting face rolled mm -hmm. in PvP. But I'm running relics like crazy. I may not be like the best, you know, one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two PvP player, but I can run the heck out of a relic. I can, I can score for my team because I'm running the opposite way and getting banners and. All that kind of stuff. It's super, super fun to play, um, even if you're not like the most skilled player in one-on-one -on -one combat. So don't be 
turned off by it. It's really cool. Right. I know there's a lot of people in our community that are listening, and they're very intimidated when it comes to like, sort of generally PvE players. When it comes to PvP, but I tell you what, you just get in there and you start learning and playing. And, and you know, we, Cash and I both, we talked in previous episodes, have a background of of PvP to, cert, uh, to a certain extent. That was my main for the longest time in MMOs was PvP. And so there's always that learning curve. But, man, I tell you what, it is so much fun. And um, we'll just hold off there because I know we're going to be talking... Uh, ES uh, Battlegrounds. Excuse me, all my words and like from a sentence to one word. All right. So this week on the show, well, hang, hang on, hang on. We need to introduce ourselves. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, welcome. This is episode sixteen of the Lore Seekers podcast. We're your hosts. I am Jibs, and you've already heard Cash. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's fan freaking tastic. We got a fun show, man. Yes, it's going to be a great show. We're going. Um, we kind of went on the fly this week, I think, with our topics. Yeah, a little bit. There was a uh, announcement from our friends at Zenimax, and we kind of did some things to move the show into that direction. And then also, we just kind of talked about battlegrounds a little bit, and so it kind of goes to show that the fluidity of our show and how it works. We're trying to kind of stay up with the times and the news and all those things that are getting introduced. We're jumping right back in to bring to you our experiences for the week. And this week, it just happens to be experiences that a lot of other people are experiencing as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun stuff. Agreed. E3's come and gone. The Bethesda Showcase was awesome. We're going to be talking E3 news this week. Uh we're bringing back ESO 101 on Battlegrounds. We're going to be talking about it. For those of you, maybe it's your first time ever even venturing into uh, Battlegrounds. We're going to talk it out, talk it over, and uh, give you some insight. We haven't done any PvP yet because we were waiting until we were at a place where we were very comfortable with it to where we could talk about it. And we do feel we're there with Battlegrounds, so we're going to talk about it later. Also... Kind of special because uh, you know it's DLC related. We're going to talk in a little bit, but uh, we're doing a, a uh, lore lesson on the werewolves and her scene, and finishing off with uh, your emails. You've been emailing, so we've got some answers. But um, anyhow, hey you two, give us some news. So I'm trying to figure out how to really start this. <laughs> Just start it. Okay. Just just tell the people. They know. They've watched it. All right. So, look. We are very... We passionately believe in not blurring the lines or, or not... You know, we want to keep this in an ESO show. And I know we've mentioned Fallout 76 last week. But we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the news that came out of E3's Bethesda showing. They That was... That was amazing. It was the such a good showcase. We saw everything from um, the announced uh, Prey. We saw Rage 2. Um, Cash, they teased the Elder Scrolls 6 is officially in development, at least publicly. They're saying that now. Um, is it possible for me to have Todd Howard's babies at this point? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Or do you think that ship has sailed? I don't know. I mean, you know, you you could go full Bosmer and just find out. You could ask him. I mean, you know, he may say Dude, yes. Dude, I am a fan. I'm just such a fanboy of that guy. He's just, he commands. I don't even think he tries to. He commands such a presence 
to gamers when he speaks. Yeah. Did he not? I mean, did he not, you know, exude that during that showcase? Well, anytime he gets on the stage, you know, one thing's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be special. And And I always feel like whenever he's on the stage, just as, I mean, man, we used to do shows where we covered the news. Like, that was it. That's all we did. We dissected everything, top to bottom, and... And you kind of got a feel for how these showings went and how developers talk and how you talk with developers and all this. But anytime he's on stage, I just feel so relaxed and welcomed. You know, like I feel informed. It's so enjoyable to watch because it's not, you know, like super tense, super hype. It's very matter of fact and just like so relaxing, dude. It's so incredibly fun to watch. You know what I mean? Yes, and and I'll, uh, I'll I'll also say this. You know that when you see Todd Howard come on the screen, that some big crap is going to be talked about. And at the same time, although I was super I was super impressed with everything that Todd Howard had to say, and we will get back to that. Another friend, Matt Fyror, the game director for Elder Scrolls Online, also came on the yeah. stage. And talked about some stuff. When he came on, I was so, like, everything was quieted down in my house. It's, I mean, I literally said, everybody shut up. I didn't know he was coming on. Yeah, I didn't expect Shut him up, to it's Matt Fyroar. This is directly <laughs> related to me. Don't everybody up, shut your mouth. <laughs> yes. So, like, I silenced the entire room because Matt Fyroar's stuff, yeah. obviously, is going to be incredibly important to what we are doing here and what we love with our show. So I'm not going to ruin any of the stuff that he talked about. If you haven't heard it already, you're going to hear about it here from us. But hearkening back to Hod, to Hod Towered, to Todd Howard. Like a Hod Towered, please. Hod Towered. Venti Hod Towered. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good drink, isn't it? <laughs> like steamed so, Hod Towered. So Todd Howard, on top of the other stuff that happened at E3. Yeah. Todd Howard talked about Fallout 76, which we all kind of knew about, but he brought up what it is, detailed what it is going to be, right? and blew us away with that. I mean, everybody was like, excuse me, what? Okay, that sounds awesome. And then he drops Elder Scrolls Blades. Oh, man, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Hi. And no idea they were going to drop another. Mo- well, maybe I had an idea. I had speculation that they were going to drop another mo- n- another uh, mobile game. Right. Had no idea it was going to be Elder Scrolls. Yeah, dude. I figured. Yeah, I figured it was going to be something Fallout seventy six ish. Hmm. I which they also dropped a Fallout mobile game thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shelter. They brought it to. They brought it to console. Yeah. Shelters now on. Uh... PS4, um, and it's dude. I, <laughs> it was all so good. Like, <laughs> there's not a single thing. Like, I'm having a hard time picking a certain thing out. I'm gonna tell you right now. You and I both are huge Fallout jerks, and when we saw yeah. 76, when we finally got to detail and see the details on it, and that was such a special moment. I love, I love seeing those reveals. I love those moments, and it wasn't. And, you know, we really, as a show here at Lore Seekers, we, we told you uh, in the 
last week, you know, we wanted to really see where E3 went, if it was going to go where we thought it went. And, you know, really, I was talk- Cash, I talked to you, man. I told you I felt like E3 was the rudder that has, has steered this ship and it's given us our heading. It is. It was such a good E3. And I, if there's anything that this E3 has solidified for me, it's this. I want to be involved in creating this immersive audio content for this company for years to come because the the wonderful you know teaser for Elder Scrolls 6 Fallout 76 now and obviously Elder Scrolls online which you know Matt talked about has, has over 11 million people I don't know if that's concurrent or whatever but 11 million players I mean this and then we've got Star Starfield uh, dude, right. oh my gosh! It's just El- and Legends. There's just so much. They're doing so many good things. And the thing that I can appreciate, someone's put this on Twitter, but they it was either Twitter or Discord. I actually think it was social media, and they said, you know, the great thing about Bethesda, it's not about the the microtransactions or any of that junk. Ver- ver- as much as it's about the story. And the lore. That's where the focus is. And you get those deep and emotional enthralling experiences through this company's games. And I'm just like, I am so glad and I am so incredibly proud to be involved in this community doing this show for everyone who's listening. Just because I have such a deeper appreciation and passion and love for this company. Especially after this E3. Agreed. And, you know, the fact that you talked about Elder Scrolls 6, everything else they talked about, including Fallout 76, which we were both very, very excited about. And we're just going to let you all know right now, yes, the lore seekers will be covering Fallout 76 in some respect. Do not freak out. We are not going anywhere. Are they leaving ESO? No, we're still going to be covering uh, Elder Scrolls, but we will be covering Fallout 76 news. Um, But I don't know how you all felt, but the second he started to speak about Elder Scrolls 6, I think there was a collective gasp from everybody in the room. This is above and beyond Starfield, which I think everybody's kind of excited about. But it's kind of an IP that we knew was going to be their new IP. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we knew so it. who knows what that's going to bring. Right. But when he mentioned Elder Scrolls 6, and then he actually, they, they showed a short teaser of Elder Scrolls 6 of absolutely nothing. Nope. Uh, nope. Let me just throw that out there. It was absolutely nothing. All it did was tease that Elder Scrolls 6 is in the works, and yes, it's coming. So, STFU, basically, so I think what was coming out of him. <laughs> Stop asking me about it. Yes, we're working on it. Um, and I've, try- I've looked at that video, and I've tried to dissect it, and I've tried to figure it out. <gasps> I don't know. Is it elsewhere? Is it, uh, is it the Bretons? Is- Who knows? You know, there's a little there's a little ruin at the very very end when you see nobody really knows what it is, and I think they did it on purpose. So quit your speculating. 
Just wait until they say what it is. But when that happened, for me personally, that was the pinnacle. Above and beyond Elder Scrolls, or above and beyond Fallout 76, above and beyond Blades, above and beyond Starfield, when the announcement and confirming of Elder Scrolls 6 was done, even though it was nothing, that is what made me so happy and so proud to love Bethesda in this entire franchise. So yeah, listening to what Jibs was just saying, yes, we're going to cover it. Yes, we're going to try and create the best content we can because we truly know that this company, after all of these years, this company is creating the games that we love to the core. Yeah, yeah, agreed 100%. And I was, man, so often I find myself thinking, I'm like, you know, obviously... (laughs) Every year, we're getting older. Um, very much, we're both very much family-oriented people. You and I both. You know, our lives have really revolved around our families and what we're doing in real life and our careers and all this stuff. And aside from doing, you know, this show, we really appreciate now, more so than ever, I really feel like, is good story. Good, layered, deep story. And... As far as 76 is concerned, let me just say this. We're not going to tell any details because it ruined the surprise. But I will say this. You don't ever have to worry about anything getting diluted here. We're talking about E3 right now because it involves ESO. And we're going to get there. And it involves Bethesda as a whole and the Elder Scrolls franchise. But this show will always be for Elder Scrolls Online. When you come here, I don't expect you to come here and hear Prey, hear Rage 2, hear, you know, Starfield, whatever. We will not dilute this show. We will not be one show covering all games for for this company. We will not do that to you. What we are going to do is this. Now, I'm just going to say this, and we're not going to talk about it anymore for a while until it's ready, until it's out, and you guys probably know when it's coming. Um, our 76, what we're doing with 76 is going to be its own thing. It's going to have its own feel. Just like when you listen to Lore Seekers and you feel like you're in the world of Elder Scrolls, you're going to feel like you're in the world of Fallout. And it's going to be something entirely different. It'll have its, it'll be a part of this feed. It'll all be under the same feed. So you won't have to go look and find it any, anywhere else. But anyway, it's going to be... Yeah, it'll, you'll definitely know when it's coming because my friend Jibs cannot keep a secret <sighs> for crap. I'm a marketer. I can't help it. All right. So anyway, let's. <laughs> so that was E3. It was awesome. It was fan freaking tastic. Now, what we did get at E3 was this, revolving around ESO, two DLCs detailed. We knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. Um, or I'm sorry, we didn't know what it was. We really, this is out of completely of you know left field. I wasn't expecting this at all. These announcements. But anyway, this coming to us from uh, Tiso's main official site, and obviously E3, Wolf Hunter and Merc Meyer DLC packs have been announced. So, rest of 2018, as far as is concerned, we've got two things coming to us for the last half of the year. We've got Wolf Hunter, which is a dungeon DLC, includes two new dungeons, Moon Hunter Keep and March of Sacrifices. Man, those are cool names. Uh, these are themed around Tamriel's were- werewolves. All right, 
You'll be able to dive into all new stories surrounding those afflicted with the lycanthropic curse and even perhaps come face to face with the Daedric Prince Hercene himself. Oh my god! I'm so excited! Sorry. Uh, both dungeons feature two very different environments, very tricky boss encounters. I like that because I really feel like since Scalecaller, um, it, it's really kind of they've upped the ante with the bosses. Uh, can I tell a quick story? Okay. Which is probably going to make me sound totally noob. But feature tricky boss encounters. Okay, so I like this. And I I had a major failure just last night <laughs> in ESO that renewed for me. It doesn't sound right, but I had a major failure that renewed my love for ESO and ESO's intricacy and skill level required. I figured... I would take my new warden, double bow warden, to veteran, which he's got pretty decent gear. I have a full set of her. He's got a full set of hunting's rage on him right now. And I took him with other very skilled players, decently high CP, to veteran Tempest Keep. Or no, wait, uh, Tempest Island. Mm-hmm. We got stomped. By the last boss. Everything went completely smooth until the last boss. And we got stomped on vet. So a little bummed because I was really looking forward to the Stormfist headpiece mm-hmm. that I needed. Right. For my head and shoulders set. But we were not successful last night. And part of it was a time constraint. We had her. We were very, very close. And we had, I, th- I think she's... Um, God, I forget what Overseer something or Cannon Reef something. Anyway, stomped us. And it, although we failed, it renewed my love for this game yet again. Because it is not an easy jump into get what you need, everything's on farm game. Right. You need to be on your toes and you need to understand the mechanics and learn them and practice them. Before you are going to be successful at getting the things that you need. So once again, I end it because it completely renewed my love for the intricacies of this game. I agree 100%. And you know the, my biggest mistake, and I always say this to other people and I, and I think of it often. The biggest mistake I ever, I ever assumed i guess with this game previously in previous attempts coming back to it and playing it and you know this was years was thinking it was shallow you know was thinking that there wasn't any depth to it and you know it's the culmination yes of four years of gameplay and all the additions and all the changes they've made but man these these encounters now are so good they are so incredible and we've said numerous times it's entry-level raid mechanics you are you are not just doing a dungeon anymore. You are doing an entry level raid when it comes to these these boss encounters. You know it, it's really refreshing. You know. Yeah, I could just picture this boss standing at the very top of Tempest Island, just you know she's just tapping her fingers, going, "Yeah, they're not having too hard a time. Wait till they get to me," <laughs> which was totally true because we crushed everything in there. Until we got to her and we had to look up her mechanics and start get, we had to go through two or three wipes to get used to her mechanics. 
and we finally had it until um, a couple of the folks had to had to bail because they had you know, real life obligations in the morning. They had to work, uh, which was completely understandable. But still, the challenge that we faced last night, and I went to bed empty handed, and I'm like, when was the last game that I played where there were several wipes? And I went to bed thinking about it, like, SOB, what the hell do we do wrong? And what can we do better next time? But that's what this game does. It can take you and right. stick your tail right between your legs. I love that. Right. Right. I agree 100%. I love it. It's, man, there's so many good things happening. I love the fact that it's not easy. I love the fact that it's not just given to you. And I love the fact that it takes that much forethought when you're doing a fight nowadays in these dungeon encounters. And speaking of, you know, with these fights... With these new dungeons, what we're also going to be getting is powerful new item sets. We're getting new monster masks and other unique rewards as well. Uh, Merkmire. Now, this one is... Man, this one is means a lot to a lot of people. This is a new zone and story content expansion. Um, someone asked me the other day, you know, what what is the... You know, how big really is this? And I told them, I feel like it's bigger than Clockwork, but obviously smaller than Arsenium. You know, Arsenium being its own DLC that they had, they had released. I don't know, you know, really how big it's going to go, but I would say it's definitely going to be bigger than Clockwork or close to. Um, so anyway, here's what we're looking at. This will take you to the home of the Argonians. There you will win the trust of reclusive tribes, delve deep into crumbling Zanmir ruins, and hack your way through the savage wilds of Black Marsh. Man, I love that. To discover one of the Hiss' greatest secrets. It features a brand new area you can explore, new story, new world bosses, new delves, and a brand new group arena with its own leaderboard. So we can look forward to that as well. You know why they did this? Why? Because the Argonians are the only race that we have not yet covered on our show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Zoss, yep. for listening. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, they did it for us. Yeah, I'm so I'm so positive that's what it was. Well, no, it's been really neat because the last uh, our last couple of shows, like this show, we're covering uh, the Daedric Prince Hercene, which is perfect because of the Wolf Hunter uh, Dungeon DLC that's coming out. And then Merkmire, we have not yet covered the Argonians, so you... Okay. Guess what we're talking next week. Sneak preview. Or you know whatever. we're going to cover the Argonians <laughs> next week. Yeah. So it's um, the amount of content that's coming out right now and the amount of announcements that are coming out are just... They're, number one, they're totally synced up to our show. Thank you, and we love you for that. But number two, we are left with no shortage of content for our show. They just released Somerset. Yeah. And now within the next three months, we're probably going to get Wolf Hunter. And then in the next three months after that, before the end of the year, we're going to be getting Merkmire. These folks are working their butts off to bust out content on a steady basis for us before we can finish the other stuff. Yeah. That's how busy we're being kept right now. Yeah. For this game that we play. So, yeah, I mean, you got to kind of, you got to invest a little bit and keep up with the content. But this is why there's 11 million people playing the game. Yeah, it's, uh, I tell you what, 
it, there really isn't a shortage. I mean, there's always stuff that we can talk about, always stuff that we can pick apart. And I love the way that their news has has flowed, if that makes sense. How it's been released, when it's been released. Because, yeah, it makes doing this show, you know, getting it ready um, that much easier, man. It's so freaking fantastic. So, anyway, hey, speaking of fan-freaking-tastic. There's a kitty cat here. Those werewolves get you out there? Werebears? Where? Bears? Men that are bears? <laughs> uh, bartender. Drink for my... Coming right up. All right. He wants to have some milk. He's a milk drinker. He's giving you that glare again. You really should stop. <laughs> He's stripping his teeth. Look. He's stripping his teeth. <laughs> He's drooling. Oh, man. All right, everybody. Well, it's that time again. We're back. It's been a while with the ESO 101. Uh, we we took it off the docket for a while, but it's back. And, um, you know, he, uh, good old Mike has shared his wisdom. It's time to share some with you. So we're back with Battlegrounds this week. Kind of a scary topic for a lot of players. It is. I don't want folks to be... Um freaked out about this topic at all because I'm not a PvP guy at an ESO really much at all. I mean, until like last week. So I want folks to be comfortable with what we're about to talk about. I don't want anybody, you know, fast forwarding for, for five minutes or ten minutes or however long it takes us to do this. I want you to absorb it because I truly think Battlegrounds can be a good experience for everybody. And there's rewards to be had in there that are actually really fun. And I will also say this as many battlegrounds that I've played in the last week, I've only run into one douchebag. I do not know whether or not that douchebag knows me or probably not, but he was a true douchebag one time (laughs) out of, Probably a hundred matches, I would say, I probably played over the last week. I've played a metric crap ton of Battlegrounds. Got some amazing titles. So I don't want people to be off-put with this stuff at all. The community in there really is pretty cool. It's And I take back what I said about, you know, most of the jerk bags going toward PvP. I've had a really good experience in Battlegrounds for a solid week and a half. Yeah. Of almost nothing but battlegrounds, so yeah, um, I've been impressed. So do not be afraid of it. Um, let's talk about battlegrounds a little bit. They're really a good, fun thing to do in ESO. Agreed. So back in more when they introduced battlegrounds and PV for for PVPers, they really hit, they really did hit the mark. It's not like. Cyrodiil, which we will get into and we will cover on our show. But it's not like Cyrodiil. These are really quick, down and dirty, 15-minute max matches that you can play. Most of them don't even last that long. But when I first took my dive into Battlegrounds, I was doing so because I needed Caltrops for my Stamward. So I got it, but in the process of getting Caltrops, I was like really hooked on killing other players. And I'm not saying that I was good at it because I got raffle stomped most of the time, but still like being able to kill another player as you're running around and have to have him, you know, wait for 15, 20 seconds before he responds. It's really satisfying. (laughs) 
Especially when he's trying to like pick up your relic or right. you know, he's running a flag or he's doing something. Yeah. It's really a lot of fun. So what are battlegrounds? Short duration matches, like I said, fifteen minutes or less. And there's really three very distinct uh, flavors. There's actually more than three. But um, you have to be level 10 before you can get in there. Level 10 literally takes about five minutes nowadays. Super quick to get there. Um, and the matches or, your, or the team choice is not really affected by your chosen faction at all. So all factions are kind of thrown together to make up these three teams. So these three teams are the Pit Demons... They are green. The fire drakes, they're orange. Or the storm lords, they are purple. Let me ask you this. What colors do you bleed? Oh, I love green. Okay, me too. Pit demons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love green. Sorry, carry on. um, So each battleground match, the reason there's three teams is that each battleground match is 4v4v4. So there's three teams of four players pitting against each other. Um, Now me... Wanting to know more about the lore, because, you know, Battlegrounds, there's not a whole lot of lore there. It's more just like an arena-type match. Yeah, there could be arenas, you know, uh, in the lore of ESO or in the lore of Elder Scrolls. But I kind of want to dig a little deeper, and I actually was able to find that the names of the teams, the Pit Demons, the Fire Drakes, and the Storm Lords, originate from Elder Scrolls Arena in the very early stages of development. Shut up! So... It, you shut up. So in Tamriel at that time, there were uh, gladiatorial arenas where different teams were set against each other to fight in like a tournament setting. And the teams were in the cities of Hellstrom. Those are the pit demons. Torval. Those were the fire drakes. And Narciss. Those were the storm lords. So if you're wondering where those names came from, now you know where those names came from. I love it. I know. It's pretty cool. So there are some different random modes of battlegrounds that you will play. And I would be crazy if I didn't mention, I'm pretty sure that on certain days, some of these modes are favored too. Because some days I would get almost nothing but um, like running the relic. What's that one called? Uh, There's Capture the Flag. Yeah, Relic Runner or something like that. Anyway. Some days it was all domination. Some days it was all like team deathmatch. So I don't know if there's a system to that, but it just seemed like on certain days there was way more of one battleground than there were of the others. But anyway, here's the modes. The first mode that you can play is domination mode. In this mode, each team will capture and control points throughout the map. There are four different flags, three of which are assigned to teams. So each team is assigned one flag. And then the, the fourth flag is like a free-for-all. It's neutral, normally found in the middle of the map. So for each flag your team captures and controls, you get points. The goal is to capture flags and hang on to them. If you have more flags you can capture and hang on to, obviously the faster your point total is going to accumulate and bring you to max and then you win the game. Right. In order to capture a flag, you approach the flag and then there's like a little progress bar that goes around in like a, it's almost like a horseshoe um, uh, shape. And then that bar will will progress until you have completely captured the flag. 
If an enemy approaches while you're trying to capture the flag, the progress of that capture will stop until the enemy either leaves or is killed. And then at the end of the game, the team with the most points at the end of the time cap or whoever reaches 500 points first will determine the winner of the match. Really a fun mode. That's called domination mode. I love it. We love them all, by the way. Um, (laughs) The next one is team deathmatch. That is exactly what you think it would be. There are no targets to capture. There is no other goal other than to kill as many players from the opposing teams as possible. And the game ends when either time runs out or if a team match, uh, reaches the maximum kill amount. That one is a free-for-all of death, by the way. Yes, yes. If you're a ranged player, stand in the back and pick off the people who have half health. All I'm going to say is shout-out to Orchid, who's listening. Uh, you were awesome, my friend. Dude, we went through and we called out targets. I would He... It was very 50-50. I was calling targets. He was calling targets. We were going together across the map, and we slaughtered everything. We had a pocket healer with us the whole time. It was so awesome. So Are awesome. you sure he just wasn't completely sucking at it? Because that's what I pictured. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was putting in his time, that's for sure. I love you, Timmy. Timmy! Timmy! <laughs> Okay, uh, the next mode, Capture the Flag mode. Very fun mode. Yes. So in this one, you have to capture the enemy's flag and hold on to your own flag. The main goal is to capture the artifact from beneath the enemy's flag and run it to your own base. If your base does not have its relic present, meaning another player from from another team has stolen your relic, you may not capture another enemy's relic. You just kind of walk around with the other enemy's relic until your relic returns um, in order for you to score points. This is my favorite mode by far. It is super dynamic. You have, maybe you have a little protection element in front of your own relic. So when somebody comes to steal it, you can defend it. And you send a couple people after somebody else's relic. Another team completely abandons their relic to go try and capture somebody else's relic. So you can literally sneak in there, grab their relic, run it back to your to, to your flag. Oh my gosh. This one is so much fun. And I think both J, uh, both Jibs and I in the past week mm-hmm. have uh, had a match where we were able to run three relics in one match. And you get the title of Relic Runner. Yeah, boy. Which for us, from a lore perspective... In uh, the Lore Seekers Guild, where what we do is we find lost relics, to have the title of Relic Runner is like a pinnacle. Oh, yeah. It was so fun to get that and rock that on our characters. So, um, yeah, hands down, capture the flag mode with the relics is my absolute favorite. So It's so gratifying, too, like when you're playing that mode. And I remember we had our pre-made. You, myself, uh, we had Beta Rays, and then we had Orchid, and or-, or Beta and I were on the way back. He was pocket healing me. You and Orchid were holding it down, and you literally kept them away when we're when we were able to score, take the win. I tell you what, man, that moment when you see that animation come across the screen when you've won after you successfully held off an enemy team, 
or you've been in the process of running back while you know they're way back behind you trying to chase you. It is so gratifying. It is. It's like a, it's for me, this entire week and a half has been a renewed love for ESO. And the funny part is too, Jibs, is that while I've been, while I was doing this whole thing, I miss PVE. Like, oh my gosh, I got, I got to go back in. I got to do some quests. I got to do something. But I've been so addicted to Battlegrounds. Yeah. That you just want to queue again. Yeah. So, I mean, win on win, win, win from Zoss on making a guy who has not played PvP very much at all lately absolutely fall back in love with it again. And this, we haven't even tried Cyrodiil yet. No, we're, that Cyrodiil will be least, its own episode. We haven't gotten yeah, there yet. That's going to be its own episode because I guarantee we're going to dive into that and we're going to freaking love that too. So a little bit more on Capture the Flag. If you happen to be running with a relic, so you capture a relic and you're running with it and you die, then that relic is dropped on the ground for 10 seconds for anybody to grab. Member from your team, member from the team whose relic it is, or a member from that third team can grab it and run it. But after 10 seconds, it will return to its home beneath that team's flag. So in order to win in this mode, you have to have more points accumulated than the other teams will, duh. Um, when the time runs out, or you have to reach the 500 points before the um, opposing teams reach that point. So, okay. We won't talk anymore about Capture the Flag. It's pretty obvious that that's our favorite mode. <laughs> it's really a fun mode. It is. Okay, so the next mode is called Chaos Ball. So what this, this mode does is this mode introduces a single ball into the game. Your team will earn points by holding on to the ball. So you hold, if you have um, possession of that ball, you hold it for as long as you possibly can before the other team kills you. But as you're holding that ball, you're accumulating points. The problem is holding the ball comes at a cost. It will stack. Um, there's a healing and a shield debuff that comes on, so you won't be able to shield or heal as well as um, Oblivion Damage, which, co which comes in the form of a Pulse, if you hold that ball for any um, uh, for too long an amount of time. Eventually, it's going to kill you. So if you have another player that's on your team next to you, they can come and they can grab the ball and they can continue it from scratch. But cumulatively, you won't be able to hold on to the ball for the whole match because um, it will eventually kill you and your, your, um, your buddies won't be able to heal you through it. Mm-mm. Um, so it's basically a back and forth. You're not only contending with the damage the ball is doing to you, but also incoming damage from everybody else trying to get the ball. Right. So, you know, I think I would say like holding the ball for a minute would be a pretty long time and you'd accumulate a good amount of points that way. But um, the game will end when uh, one of the teams has scored 500 points or the match hits the 15-minute mark. Yeah, let me tell you, there's no way you're heal you're you're getting healed through that damage. When I died and I had the ball, I no. had fifty thousand damage on me by the time it was all done and over with. Yeah, and that's a good way that the that they have built into that particular style of battleground that one team can't just completely dominate. Oh yeah. The person's gonna die. Right. And the other team will have an opportunity to pick it up. It, well it keeps so. the it keeps the game moving, you know? Yes. Okay, the next type of Battleground match you can play is called Crazy King. 
And the way this works is that um, banners will move, basically flags will move around the map at random. So what you want to do is you want to hold them. It's very much like capture the flag. You just have flags that are moving to different locations within a certain time period. So in order to earn your team points, you have to stay up with where the new banners are moving to capture the points and hold them for as long as you can because no capture point will ever really stay in one place for long and the new ones are added as the game goes on so essentially uh, it's it's just like the other ones whoever reaches 500 points first or whoever has the most points after the 15 minute mark will win so that is the um, that's the last so really you're looking at domination mode team deathmatch capture the flag Chaos Ball, and then Crazy King. Those are the five different modes of Battlegrounds that you can get. And for completing those, there are lots of rewards. So you will get experience points. If you are a PvPer and you have a new character that is at level 10, you can completely level your character by doing nothing but Battlegrounds and probably do it relatively quickly. There is a Battleground Daily that you can get and it's just like the dungeon daily which can net you some incredible points so that is not a very difficult thing to do and it's really a lot of fun if you like dynamic play so not only do you get xp you get alliance points which can um, buy you things you get gold you get different achievements there are a lot of achievements um, you get titles I've probably gotten six or eight titles on a couple different characters mm -hmm. there's a ton um and then you it also puts you on the leaderboards if you're good enough i am not <laughs> by far but um i still have a really good time i mean man, there's some matches where i don't get a single kill but i'll have points for running running a relic or running a flag or you know capturing a point um, so to me, it's not all about the kills, even though it's really nice to get kills. But um, for me, I'm just I'm not that good of a player that way. But it doesn't matter. I'm still having a freaking blast in Battlegrounds. Yeah, so, I, I would agree. There's more than there's one that. way to be effective in Battlegrounds. You know, it's yeah. especially when you're playing the objective. Um, you know, you, it's not all about kills. And I think that's one thing that concerns a lot of PVE players when they're coming to Battlegrounds in general, especially never really doing it. You know, maybe PvP they're not very good at, and that's okay because you're probably awesome at PvE. Um, you don't have to solely focus on kills. You know, it's about being tactical. It's about working together. It's about getting that win because Cash is right. You will get a lot of experience, and you also get all kinds of other stuff I know he's going to talk about, but it's really, really, really good. Let me throw another thing out there. If you're not good at PvP... And if you're not good at PvE, who gives a freaking skeever? You know what I mean? <laughs> Just play the game and have a good time. Who cares whether you're good or you're not at it? Honestly. You said skeever. Yeah, who gives a skeever? You're winking skeevers. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to end with that right there. I mean, I, trust me, I have a lot more to talk about. But I'm going to end my point on that. Who really cares? If you suck at both. Have fun, man. Play the game and just have fun. Play your game. If you have a problem with something, message me. I'll come help you. 
So there's that. Even though I suck at both. <laughs> okay, what else do you get? Gear. Um, depending Lots of good on, gear. You get gear. So depending on the score of your team, you're going to get usable items um, whether or not you come in first, second, or third place. Obviously, if you come in first place as a team, you're going to get way better gear. Right. Um, comes in the form of one of those... Um, urns? What, what are it's they like called? a... Urns. Yeah, like a little urn. Is it an urn? Because that sounds it's, super morbid. It's not the name, but that's what I came up with. I don't... It looks like a little urn that there's a bunch of crap in that you get to have. Somehow they okay. fit a massive curus inside this urn. Hold that thought on curus. I say it wrong? I'm going to I'm gonna talk to you about that. I have such a funny story about that thing. Anyway, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Okay. 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 Uh, so, yeah. If you come in first place, you're going to get better gear. You're going to get gear, jewelry, weapons, etc. Those things will come to you. You'll also get... Um, you will get... Oh, my gosh. I forget the name of the stupid things. But they allow you to transmute. You get transmute... Crystals? Yeah. They're a little weird looking things anyway you get those in these um containers and they'll they're all sent to your in-game email so experience points alliance points gold achievements titles leader chance to be on the leaderboard gear jewelry weapons etc get your butts into pvp and play some battlegrounds holy crap they're super fun you get used to them even if you're getting smoked there's ways to earn all kinds of cool stuff um, it's made a believer out of me. And what am I going to do right after we're done with this cast? I'm going to go play freaking PvP. It's so fun. It is. It's, so there's that. Well, it's one of those things, too. Like, I'm finding myself in this current moment. Like, I, I don't want to do dungeons. Dungeons, to me, is a chore right now. The daily. All I want to do is queue up for PvP, and that's how I want to level. Because, yeah, Cash was right. You get those transmutation crystals, or those, you know, I for, like he said, I forget the exact name. But I would rather earn those that way, and the the rare, and you know, than the epic, for lack of a better word, earns. Uh, instead of doing dungeons, it's just because it's every match is different. It's never the same way. And really, for Cash and I, it's a nice refresher because yeah, we're so accustomed to doing dungeons. We're so accustomed to doing, you know, content we've seen. Whereas, you know, in a battleground, speaking on, you know, where we're at right now. It's it's different every time. It's not the same experience. Yes, and so many less douches than I thought there was going to be are in <laughs> PvP. And just that one guy. No, I'm not going to mention your name, but you know who you are. <laughs> you better not kiss your mom with that mouth, young man. Boy, I'd just split your lip if I saw you in person. I really wouldn't. I'm kind of a, kind of a pussycat. But anyway, you're a hugger. You're a douche. You're. <laughs> he was a me. He was a mean, mean man. <laughs> he was a mean, mean man. All right. So where where are these arenas at? <laughs> okay. So uh, these arenas, there's all kinds of different cool places that these things pop up in. Uh, one of them is called Ald Karak. It's a dilapidated ruin of an ancient Dwemer city. Jibs likes that. Um, the next one, one of my favorite, the Arcane University. Yeah, it's in Arcane University. Super cool. Located near the Imperial City. Uh, the next one is called Ulara. It is an old, overgrown Daedric worshipping site. It looks exactly the way you would think it looks. Super ornate with overgrown 
foliage. It's cool. Do you really pay attention this much to the arenas? Yeah, I do. I do. Because I, you know why, bro? Because I'm dead a lot. So I have a little time <laughs> to look around. All right. Kudos to you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So the oh, next man. one is called the uh, Foyata Quarry. And that one is a set within the shadow of the Red Mountain in Morrowind. Yeah. Awesome location. Um, and as a matter of fact, they said that the Foyata Quarry is the place that was um, creating a bunch of weapons. I forget who it was for, but the quarry itself was creating a bunch of weapons until it got too dangerous because it was so close to Red Mountain. And yeah. So anyway, hmm. lore, mm-hmm. lore, mm-hmm. the lore is there. These folks are building the lore and the things that you wouldn't think lore would be in, but they're right there. There's a reason for you to be there battling. So, mm. Oh, I love Zoss. I'm man-loving on Zoss right now. <laughs> um, the next one is called Mor Kazgur. This is an orc stronghold in northwestern Skyrim. I like this one. And this is uh, this one came with update 17. Then there is the Deeping Drome. This is a Dwemer ruin turned arena. Now that, to me, lends to lore. When any of these places turn into like an arena, this is the world of Elder Scrolls. This is Nern. There are not nice things that happen on Nern. So you know there's some type of an arena fight to the death challenge going on within the lore. Drops it right into these battlegrounds for us. So you don't feel like you're just doing something that you wouldn't be doing. Right. In the lore. So. Right. In order to enter the battlegrounds, it's really easy. So you go to your group and activity finder in your menu. Select Battlegrounds. You can queue solo or you can queue as a member of a party if you're the party leader. If you're below level 50, you're going to get queued for level 10 to 49. And then above that, you get queued for um, over 50 PvP. Here are some general tips. If I know there's folks out there that are just doing PvP to farm a certain skill from the Alliance skill tree. Battlegrounds is an outstanding way to do it. It might take you a little bit longer to do it in Cyrodiil to get the points that you need. So Battlegrounds is an outstanding alternative for you to do that. I had Caltrops from 0 to I think 6. You have to get to level 6. I had it in, in a day. Either 5 um, or 6. I think it's maybe 5. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it doesn't take too, too long to get it. Especially if you get in there with a good team and you're kind of on a roll. Um, you can farm the skill that you need pretty easily. And I haven't had a character that's had Caltrops on it yet. Um, if you're like looking at going, Oh, I have to do PVP to get Caltrops. Freaking do it. Cause Caltrops is awesome. Right. Yeah. And then it quickly morphs into razor Caltrops. If you have a stamina character, which is probably what, what you're, what you're looking for. It is worth it. Get your tailbone in there and do some PVP and get your Caltrops because it's way worth it. Um, okay. Absolutely 100% prepare to get your butt kicked <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> I'm just being frank with you. You're going to get your butt kicked almost especially if you have a PVE build as opposed to a PVP build. Um, there are some distinct differences between the two when you start looking at the builds. Um, a reason for reason for you getting stomped, number one, is if you don't have the proper build, it's fine. It's still doable. You can still have fun with a PvE build. So 
if as long as you're aware that you're probably going to get stomped, you can still be extremely effective in a PvP build in PvP. If you want to maximize yourself, then yes, a PvP build is probably optimal. But you can still have a good time. But a lot of the reason is some of these folks get in there and play nothing but PvP. They love Battlegrounds. They play nothing but Battlegrounds. There are some incredible amounts of skill in Battlegrounds. And these folks are going to be intermixed with you. You are going to know really quick (laughs) who these people are. Because Uh, they are going to face roll you (laughs) super quick. And my hat's off to them. That's what they play. That's what they love to play. That's where their meta is at. So just learn from it is what I'm saying. Expect to get smoked right off the bat. Um, Some of the best things that you can do. Have a pre-made team. If you have other folks and you have a pre-made team with voice comms, huge leg up. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of the stuff I see in PvP, I'm sure Jibs has seen it too, a lot of the complaining and why people turn douchey is because the teams do not stay together. Correct. Stay together with your team. Yep. That is how you win these matches at all costs. Stay with your folks. Okay. Dedicating a, a character to PvP or the ability to change skills and gear is going to make your is going to make you very very much more effective in PVP. So if you can put on a second set of gear and hot swap some some of your skills and stuff, if you know how to do that, that's great. Otherwise, roll a character strictly for PVP and just a have a blast. It really is a lot of fun. Um you will see a lot of these builds will um will have heavy gear. That's because they want the health that health is going to make a giant difference for you when you're in PvP. Um, food, potions, absolutely. Slot those things on your Q bar and use those. Um, when I say Q bar, I mean your favorites bar. Slot those things on that bar and use them because you definitely will need them, and they can make they can mean the difference in a win and a loss. Mm, okay. Three basic rules. Or, or excuse me, three basic roles of the MMO, meaning tank, healer, and DPS. They are all very, very applicable in PvP. Very much so. So remember, if you're getting in there as a healer, stand in the rear with the gear and heal. Do your folks uh, a solid and do what you're supposed to be doing. all the difference, man. It really does. Having a healer in the back and tossing heals at critical moments you know when you're just about to score with a relic or you're just about to pick a relic up or you're just about to you know to make a kill when somebody's like running away from you um a key heal or an increase in dps or somebody who's incredibly strong with with dps or tanking dropping an ultimate at the right time staying in those roles really does help with um, with wins and losses. So as yep. much as you can possibly stay within those roles, do so. I'm going to stop talking about PvP. I'm super, I've been super excited about PvP over the past week and a half. I know I'm going to continue to be. It really is a new way for me to enjoy ESO that I would have never expected me to love. I've pulled in a few of my favorite friends and now they're digging it too. 
Um, we all rolled new tunes just for PvP. And by the way, the Warden is a beast in we're doing, PvP. We're doing a full pre-made of it. just Wardens and Bears. Yes, we have a full pre-made of Wardens and Bears. It's really a lot of fun. It so is. don't be afraid of it. Trust me. We're complete wusses when it comes to PvP in this game. And for us to jump in and love it, there's tons of you out there that are going to enjoy this side of ESO. So don't Agreed. be afraid of it. Just dive in. Agreed. If you want some people to come, or you know, if you really don't have a group for that, or you're looking for a group for that, also feel free to join our official guild. We'd love to have you. We'd love to uh, group up and have some fun. But, oh, man, I just want to queue up and play more Battlegrounds right now. Hey, freaking profit. Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. Freaking old blind prophet. Hmm. Where's the respect? This man's been through a lot. You know, so have we. Six weeks, 16 weeks of him inviting us to his cave. I know. And you know what? <laughs> we, we, we still have retained our ESO virginity. It's because we know what he's up to. <sighs> All right. Well, with the announcement of the DLC, we felt it was incredibly important that we finally talk werewolves. So, Cash, my good buddy. I don't, I don't even have a character that's a werewolf yet. I have one vampire character. You know, I've seen a lot of werewolves in Battlegrounds. Yeah, they're usually standing over your corpse. Yeah, while you're studying the lore of the arena. <laughs> yeah, there is zero, zero chance of me winning when I see a werewolf running after me. So... <laughs> But we thought it would be appropriate, because of the announcement of the Werewolf DLC, for us to talk about... Last week we talked about Mephala. This week, we talk about her scene. And her scene's werewolves. Woo! Why wouldn't we? Right. He's a Daedric Prince. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He just has a very particular set of rules. So, um... Moon Hunter Keep and the March of Sacrifices, new item sets, new monster masks, all this fun stuff, and it all revolves around the lore of her scene. Who are we not to enlighten you with who her scene is? Please. And what his impact on Tamriel may be? Regale me. The Daedric Prince Hercene is also known as the Huntsman of Princes and the Father of Man Beasts. Stop laughing. He laughs at me. My friend laughs at me. <laughs> Dude, it's not like I'm doing Cerebane or anything oh, right now. But if you only see your motions, all right. <laughs> so he, the Daedric Prince Hersey, can call upon the Wild Hunt to punish those who defy him. His spirit revolves around the hunt. He revels in the sport of the hunt. He revels in the chase and the sacrifice of mortals because he's Daedra and that's what they do. Mm. They like to toy with mortals. Yeah. The Khajiit actually refer to her scene as the hungry cat. Of course which they do. makes me lol because because <laughs> Khajiit are freaking hilarious. Oh. So the big part is that her scene is the creator of lycanthropy. It's a big word 
for he turns people into freaking werewolves. Yeah. That is awesome. He's said to have been summoned on the 5th of mid-year. Let's talk about how mysterious Mr. Hersene is. He manifests as a male, so we call him a he. But what you know, he's, he's not described. Nobody describes him except for what you see in the games, which is normally a very large, muscular, shirtless humanoid. He looks like he works out. Death so that. Arm day. He does not miss upper body day. Faux sheezy. Um, so he wears an animal skull mask adorned with a large set of deer antlers and he carries a long spear. Uh, at most times at, along his side is a, some type of werebeast. It's weird how it looks sometimes. Sometimes it looks just like a dog. Sometimes it looks like a full-blown werewolf on all fours, quadruped. Right. Um, really cool looking anyway. But her scene is worshipped by a ton of different types of werebeasts, including werewolves, werebores, no idea they were a thing, werebears, kind of knew they were a thing, lions didn't know they were a thing, and then this one definitely surprised me, a were-crocodile. What? W-T-F? <laughs> what? Excuse me, what did you say? A were-crocodile. Wow. Yeah. That is stuff of children's nightmares, including <laughs> bald adult, full-grown men nightmares, too. <laughs> I was like, what? They're low to the ground and they swim and they're, what? Mm. Yeah, they can kill you. Mm. So her scene is noted to be the most honored huntsman to walk in any plane of existence and is often revered by hunters Fishermen and women. It says fishers, but I like fishermen and women because we're an all-inclusive show, so there's that. And trappers. Mm. Mm. I know. Instantly. I mean, I kind of knew this a little bit, but then I read about it. I'm like, you know, her scene's kind of bitching. And I don't know. I hate mail or not. Cash likes to hunt in real life. I eat everything I hunt, I swear. I don't do it for sport. Anyway. To read this and see it, I was like, this is freaking cool. I am now going to pray to her scene right before I go on a hunt. And I may or may not use a freaking spear and be shirtless I and bring my dog. would laugh hysterically watching you try to successfully hunt with a spear. What makes you think I'd send you a picture of any of that stuff? I just assumed you'd have like a GoPro and you'd be filming. No, I'm going to bring you with me. I'm going to have a go, bro. Oh, go, bro. I see what you did. You're my friend. <laughs> best friends forever. It's best friends forever. <laughs> Here, I just killed an animal. Huh. You can skin it out. Okay. Yeah. Hold the intro. All right. It's all right. We just lost half our listeners. Yeah, it's pretty much. Fault. It's all right. Well, you know, it just kind of happened. Whatever. He's not known to be neither good nor evil, Jibs. <laughs> Okay. He's right down the middle. All right. So many Daedra are known to respect and honor the fairness of her scene amongst the other mortal races. And they're they he is known as generally opposing dishonor and murder without cause. Hmm. Cash likes this. I like these. Mm -hmm. This is where mm -hmm. her scene's temperament lies. 
So he's known for giving his prey a sporting chance. And he's also been known to actually honor and congratulate those who can turn the hunt into their own favor. So he likes the sport of the whole thing. He's not necessarily, welcome to my realm, I kill you now. If you can turn it into your favor, he will give you the respect back. Right. That is honor. Pretty cool. I like that. It's one of the few Daedra that we've seen so far that, you know, gives you that. Yes, very few. Her scene is known not only to be need he's not known to be needlessly destructive, and he mostly remains quite neutral unless you become his prey by some unforeseen chance. So generally want to avoid that. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about lycanthropy. Her scene being the patron and the creator of lycanthropy, also known as Sanius Lupinus. This is a disease that causes the victim to transform into a were-creature, werewolf, and is available in the Elder Scrolls Online. Hold that thought. All races of Tamriel can contract the disease simply by being bitten by someone with the condition. However, due to the racial resistance to the disease, Argonians and Bosmer stand a better chance of staying the disease, which means they might not catch it. Because they are freaking cockroaches. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is generally believed that a cure for lycanthropy exists at Glen Point Foothills in High Rock. All right. Yeah. So according to legend, the witches of Glen Moral Weird Coven. Okay. They're gnarly looking witches. Mm-hmm. They're worshippers of her scene. And they can cure anyone of the disease. I think this was in Oblivion. Uh, Somebody can fact check that. Yeah, fact check. I don't remember. I think it's Oblivion. But the witches are able to summon her scene for a price. They can perform a ritual called the Rite of the Wolf Giver. It is a very complex ritual of dark magicka. It requires rare alchemical ingredients and the sacrifice of both flesh and innocence to be performed. Okay. Well. So I don't know if that means that they have to kill a child or sacrifice a virgin. Either or. It sounds freaking terrible. Mm. So just don't get the disease if you don't want it. Because mm-hmm. apparently things have to happen mm-hmm. in order for them to get rid of it. Hmm. Here's a fun fact for my friends. In ESO. You can contract lycanthropy by being scratched by a werewolf, or you can buy the disease via a token in the crown store. <laughs> buy a Don't disease. buy the freaking disease. <laughs> Don't buy the freaking disease. There's people out there that have it, and the nice people will give it to you for free. Okay, the douchebags will charge you money for it. Yeah, I said it. It's my show. I can say what I want. <laughs> don't be a don't be a douchebag. So anyway, after you're infected with uh, Sanius Lupinus, ooh, that sounds terrible. You want to say that again? Is there another way to say? Is there another way to say? <laughs> One more time, Sanius, please. Sanius Lupinus. How's that? <laughs> it sounds less like it comes from the Crotcher region. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh jibs. Oh, I'm crying. Stop it. <laughs> 
I just realized that I said Sanius Lupinus about <laughs> about five minutes ago, and I breezed right through it, which is not normally oh. like me. So anyway, you can be infected with SL after completing the quest. Hercene's <laughs> gift, the vestige, will complete his or her transformation into a werewolf. And it'll make you completely badass. So there's that. Oh. Hmm. I know. Sometimes this show, I tell you. I tell you. Yep. Kicks me right in the jibblies. Right in the jibs. <laughs> All right. So the history of her scene debated for many years. He was never truly mentioned as being part of the early history of Nern. But many believe that he was part of the early history because of the fact that the lycanthropic disease has been around since the Merithic era. So there's a little speculation there as to like, well, where did this dude come from? But wait a minute, if he's in charge of this disease and the cause of it, it's been around since the beginning of Nern. What's the deal? Nobody knows. Uh, many believe that her scene is a Daedric spawn, much like that of Malakath. You remember him from our... Um, Talkings of the Orcs. Mm-hmm. Actually, we haven't covered the Orcs yet, have we? No. Bro. I know. So Orcs and Argonians, I don't think we've I covered. know. We've still got to go over those. Dude, you're such a slacker. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, let me get on that since I do the Lord of Legends. Yeah. <laughs> Malakath, rather dormant Daedra. He's kind of quiet. Except for the fact that he manifests in the mortal plane... Once every thousand years, or roughly every era, and he takes part in a renowned hunt called the Blood Moon Prophecy. Cash, cash, what's the Blood Moon Prophecy? Stay your hand, mm. I'm about to teach you. The Blood Moon Prophecy, my friends. Okay. This is a skull legend, which comes from the native Nords of Solstein. It tells of the hunt of her scene. So in this event, every thousand years, roughly once an era, Hercene himself enters the plane of mortals and releases his beasts upon the land. There are four signs that precede the Blood Moon Prophecy. This is a DLC for Oblivion. So, just so you know, Blood Moon Prophecy, you probably remember it. So the first sign that precedes the Blood Moon Prophecy, the coming of the Hounds. The werewolves, the werewolves will appear on the island of Solstein. The second sign is the fire from the Eye of Glass. This is a pillar of fire appearing on the surface of the frozen Lake Fjalding. The third sign is the Tide of Woe. This is a massacre of horkers. So carcasses of numerous horkers will wash upon the... <laughs> What did I do this time? No, it's just the word. Horkers. Horkers? Horkers. These are dead horkers. They have the, they lived a life and now they're dead, Jibs, and you laugh. So sorry. I know. It's a lot of blubber on the beach. Who's <laughs> going to clean that up? I bring my family here. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Um, along the northern coastline of Solstheim, carcasses of numerous horkers will wash along the beach. The last sign is the blood moon. This is the final sign coming from the blood or of the coming of the blood moon prophecy. The moon of Secunda turns a crimson red from the blood of the hunter's prey. Once all four signs have been witnessed, 
once all these Swiss cheese holes have lined up just perfectly, the hunter's game begins. This may vary from era to era. What does it involve? It could be the killing of a certain tribe, the killing of just one being, but this is her scene's bidding. He wants a certain task to be completed. It's a hunt of some sort. After that hunt ends, her scene returns to his realm until the next era. How would you like that as a quest line, huh? Or an event? I have a feeling that is what is coming in this DLC. It's going to be bitchin'. I hope That's so. That's a California word. I hope you like it. If you don't, well, you're a duty head. <laughs> you're giving a lot of ultimatums tonight. I am, I know. Okay, let's talk about Hercene's uh, toys. He has just a few of them. The first one is Hercene's ring. This artifact can suppress the bloodlust suffered under the lycanthropic condition. The ring renders the wielder able to turn into a werewolf at will, which is not just during the full moon, and can readily suppress his or her hunger. Okay. This brings me to another of Hersene's toys and the fact that I had to use Google and YouTube to figure out how to properly pronounce Quiris. What? Quiris. I have figured it out. I didn't know for years. So the word for the covering of one's torso... C-U-I-R-A-S-S, in this case, the Quiris of Savior's Hide, is pronounced Quiris. So proud of myself. I'm so proud. So according to the book of Tamrielic lore, the Quiris of Savior's Hide has a special ability to resist magicka. Legend has it that Hercene rewarded his peeled hide to the first and only mortal to have ever escaped his hunting grounds. This unknown mortal had the hide tailored into this magical curus for his future endeavors. The savior's hide has a tendency to travel from hero to hero as though it has a mind of its own. Very interesting. And that is straight from the book of Tamrielic lore, which apparently has a ton of insanely cool freaking information on Daedric artifacts. Because I remember talking about some of Mafala's toys from last week, and it also quoted the, ta- the book of Tamrielic lore. So guess what Cash is hunting for? Hmm. Doi, the book of Tamrielic lore. All right, the last one is called the Rufal Axe. This battle axe, which does not require some special type of pronunciation, is adorned with a howling wolf on each blade. So it's basically a two-hander with two blades, a blade on each side. It is obtainable in Elder Scrolls Skyrim and was created by the Daedric Prince Clavicus Vile, that dirty bastard. <laughs> so the father of a Hercene worshiper could cure his daughter's curse by killing her. This is gnarly. This storyline is gnarly. There was a father who had a daughter. Fathers love their daughters. This daughter in particular was a worshiper of Hercene and she had lycanthropy. So her father prayed to the gods to find a way to cure her of his daughter's curse. So the Daedric Prince Clavicus Vile 
provided this father with the rueful axe so he could cure his daughter's curse by murdering her. Yeah. Really? Duder, it's gnarly. Agreed. So, that's a nice way to end our lore lesson. I've been looking for you. That's something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Oh, man. Oh, thank heavens you're... What are you going to do? Thank heavens you're here. All right. Oh, I appreciate it. It's that time again. Uh, We got some mail. You ready? Go over the mail. Good lore lesson, I feel like I need a bath after covering... Thanks, but I think I need a bath after covering her scene. Oh, yeah, I agree. All right, what we got here? Uh, so you've sent us some emails, and it's time to go over them. Thank you, Mr. Mail Courier. Lane says, Do you think there is a specific order in which the game can slash should be played in order to grab all the existing and interesting story bits in the latest DLCs? I know this is quite a task with all the content that's been released, but would you suggest to play it through the previous content before going to Somerset if you can manage to contain yourself? I would say if you're going to do that, if you're absolutely, that's how you want to do it, I would do Orsinium, Morrowind, Clockwork. But I do not feel like you're really going to miss a substantial amount. You're what the only thing you're going to miss is little like pinpoints, you know, like hey, you've seen this person before or hey, you may hear of um, a faction mentioned in a DLC that you see in Somerset, but you're really not going to miss much. I don't believe. I'm going to agree with you. Um the way that they elude to the next DLCs is subtle. It's not like you're not going to understand a story if you go straight to the new areas. So I would say this. There is an order, and it's the order in which these things were released. Um, but I would also say, don't let it stop you from going to where you, to what you're feeling. You want to go to Somerset and start it? Go for it. But just know that there are going to be some things that are within the lore, and this goes for any of... The DLCs. There are going to be some things within the lore that are going to elude to um, some type of a prequel information or some type of a prequel uh, prequel content. Um, it's not terrible though, because each storyline is unique in its own way. To where an outsider can come right in, start at quest one, and zoom through and understand everything that's going on in there. So. They've done a really a brilliant job by doing that. It's not like if you, you know, if you go watch um, Need for Speed Four, you're not going to understand Need for Speed One. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. I'll be the first to say, I did not play through. I have yet to be able to work through Orsinium or Clockwork. I have played through Morrowind, and I don't feel like I've missed anything. Yes, I know there are some things like little mentions here, or there. Or you, you know, characters that that you see, but. You know, I, I feel like I got the full Somerset experience just by going and doing Somerset after Morrowind. I mean, that was fun. Right, and I'll be the first to say that I've never seen a Need for Speed movie. 
It's not my bag, baby. It's not my bag. It's not my bag. All right, well done. All right. It's not mine, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Lane. Uh, this one's from James. He says, this one wants... Oh, hang on. Let me phrase that. This one wants to know, with the release of PS5, do you think the game will suffer, or will it be forward compatible with previous purchases to PS5? I would hate for this to die out like Stuga because of a newer console. As always, keep up the great work. Okay, here's my th- here's my opinion. I think they'd be foolish if they did not make it backwards compatible. Um, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, Sony does a whole lot of things that don't make a lot of sense with, when it comes to what the general public, as far as the general gamers want. Um, they won't budge on a lot of things, so I don't know what they're going to do. I'd be surprised if they did. I wouldn't. I can't see. I couldn't really see them doing this, but it, I wouldn't totally put it past them. So I don't know. I don't know. Man, that would be dumb, right? Yeah. So here's my thought. My thought is that the games that are going to be re-released or compatible for a new console system are already being worked on. They're already being optimized. So my, the, obviously the best case scenario would be that on PS5, Elder Scrolls Online will be optimized and even more beautiful than it is now. If PlayStation does not decide to go with that route, then I think PS5 will be the best console out there to poop on. Because it has to have Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> You're not partial. <laughs> I think what's funny is that sometimes you don't know where I'm going with stuff, but I, I, I'll poop on it. You, you go. It needs to have it. Nope. It has to have it. It's going to have it. Um, poop, poop. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't believe that um, the game is going to suffer or die out in any way on the PlayStation um, console. I think it's going to be optimized and it's going to look sicker than it even looks now that would be pretty awesome to see alright well everyone thank you so much for your emails and thank you for hanging out with, with us this week on the Lore Seekers podcast we hope you enjoyed the show and if you did head on over to iTunes give us a review we want to hear from you for every 5 star review we get we give you guys a shout out on the show and we got some here today. We got uh, Loktar says, I am a relatively new player to the game as I tried it for a month years ago on Xbox and, the, and gave up very quickly. Now that I've given it another shot on PC, I am completely engrossed in the game and this is the absolute perfect companion for anyone with a story like mine. A more general look at lore and game tips for new players? Sign me up. Loktar Ogar, is that what that means? I hope so. I love it. I would imagine it is. Thank you. That was really cool. Enjoy that. Agreed. Thank you very much. Uh, Riken says, if you play ESO, then being a part of this community is a must. Man, I already love this. It says a lot when you love a podcast so much that you have to listen to it more than once so that you can soak in all of the awesomeness. (laughs) This podcast was exactly what I was looking for. The reason this podcast has become so popular is because of the quality and the camaraderie that Jibs and Cash have. Great job, guys. Keep up the great work. Hail Sithis. Man, that's awesome. Thanks so much. 
That is a good one. And having to listen to us twice, I'm really sorry about I that. hope you wash your ears out with soap. Yeah. Lots Jibs of, is hard to listen to. Lots I mean, of I will say that. <laughs> do, you, do you want to go back and talk about what you had to pronounce earlier in the show? Or are we just going to... Gonna let it run. No, I want to kick you in the nuts. Okay. That's what I want to do. All right. Well, that's fair. <laughs> okay. How's that for camaraderie? <laughs> All right. Well, you can always call us at 765-382-6961. Leave us your voicemails. Instead of emailing, maybe you're, you just like to talk. I'm, I'm that way. I like to call. I don't like to text. I'll call cash for just a, something I could have texted. I like to talk. 765-382-6961. You can also email us. Podcast at gmail.com or you can go to lorecrespodcast.com scroll all the way to the bottom and fill out the uh, little uh, in the uh, little form there but uh, Cash we are a part of some guilds my friend which guilds are we a part of? Guilds! We are a part of Meridia's Order of Guards that's at mog-nation.com it is a guild for adults and working professionals you can apply for a membership at mog-nation.com. They are North American PC. Also, if you're new to RP or you're a veteran to RP and you want a great RP community, you can check out the Divine Conclave. They are at SOKAN, S-O-K-A-N, dot engine.com. And then, of course, the official Lore Seekers Guild. We've had a lot of great people joining up with us, and we've got a pretty thriving community over there. Really just good, good people um pretty refreshing to see you can join us by uh going to loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild you're gonna have to download discord join our discord server and then type forward slash apply in the apply to guild channel and we will get you uh taken care of jibs i believe we have a giveaway we have a winner! Yes. Uh, so, congratulations. We announced this yesterday. For those of you listening on release day on Friday, we announced this yesterday. But, again, congratulations. And uh, I just got the notification here uh, with uh, confirming they've uh, with their shipping address. So, they've officially won at Kiro. I hope I'm saying this right. Kiro 2. Congratulations. You have won the 12-inch Mafala statue. We'll be getting that to you very soon. Uh, you can listen to this show all over the globe, wherever podcasts are offered for free. We are there. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the good, good stuff. Where those podcasts, there we be. You can follow myself on Twitter at JibsIRL, Cash at ModCash with a K, and most importantly, the show at Laura Seekers Cast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this week on the podcast, chilling with us here at the Tavern. And uh, you know what? We'll see you next week. You have a good one. Dilly dilly. Dilly freaking dilly.